when I think about the, the notion of DE&I or multicultural and gaming, my perspective is it's much bigger than gaming. It, it really sets precedence for the metaverse. You know, the metaverse, I don't know if you guys are tracking, but in, in virtual reality as it makes its foray into the metaverse is already dealing with a bit of sexism, in particular, <laughs> inappropriate touching in a, in a virtual community. I mean, it's, it sounds silly. But the reason it exists in my mind is that gaming didn't fix it first as the first generation of a digital point of actual contact and engagement. We're not talking about clicks and posts. We're talking about the ability to, for which there is movement. And gaming is really gonna set the tone for the rules of engagement of the metaverse. So if you don't fix the, the sexual harassment, the diversity, equity, inclusion in the gaming world, you really don't fix it for the metaverse. You just take those problems and they just magnify because there is a more of a, a, a virtual movement footprint. So that's at stake here beyond, you know, what would ever be uh, considered this the self-interest of me sort of ranting about it. When I look at it, the, the gaming business, when you look at the production side has obviously been predominantly white male dominated. I mean, we understand. I mean, you look at the companies, EA Sports, Activision, going right back to Atari, PS2. I mean, you know who works there, then that's very much been that world. Um, and I think there's been inroads with women because you see more working at the, the, the major companies, you know, they're on panels, there are more women who game. Uh, but from a multicultural perspective, particularly black and Latino, it's still a bit of the dark ages, meaning you have streamers, you have just regular gamers who get DM racial comments as if they're just not welcome to the space. The thing that's very odd is if you look at who built it from a consumerism standpoint, these are who are buying games at GameStop, uh, that that helped the only develop in the console movement. It was very diverse, and there was a strong black and Latino representation, and definitely black and black men. Because the one big thing you see with NBA, NFL stars, MLB stars is they all have home theaters where they game. And you know when you look at the the breakthrough of Madden, NBA 2K. Yeah, you have some of the other uh, Call of Duties on the other side, which was still diverse. But the big signature blockbuster games to me that got heavily commercialized, meaning Madden, NBA 2K, probably got more TV spots. That was largely driven by the black community and its stars putting prowess behind that because, look, they were in the cars, they were in the games, even as adult men. So when you think about Gen Xers having really built the gaming space, meaning the average gamers more 40 than they are 15, because the console world came from that and the early days of Atari came from that, then you start to understand from a consumerism standpoint, an end user, how diversity has played in the, a role in its success, in its plight. Regardless if you don't see that always represented in, co- in the competitions that are on, that play out in ESPN. But it's always been there and present. But when you think about the manufactured narrative on the front end, none of that is brought forth. They're not the ones necessarily getting sponsorships. They're not the ones that are necessarily showcased in a lot of the, the tournaments. So it's a lost conversation when they're part of the consumerism footprint. You know, you could probably look at categories like beauty. A lot of the beauty business in its breakthrough was built breaking down how to treat ethnic issues, Asian, black, Latino that, that weren't discovered in labs. And they had to actually start to research the different skin complexions and why you can't treat the same as was predominantly white women. And then, you know, because we have a huge influx of immigration or, or, or mixed race relationships, et cetera, et cetera. So you see beauty turn the corner and now the face of beauty is heavily diverse and sometimes just black lead flat out. So you look at that and then you ask yourself, well, why isn't gaming in a tech first 
narrative that most gaming is based on technology and technology tends to democratize and not care who the end user is in particular what color they are they just they're just like can you game are you in the sport it's kind of like golf the holes don't really care what color you are can you hit the thing or not and if you can then yes if not then go do something pick another hobby so i think the missing part of diversity equity inclusion in the narrative is somewhat by design like there's just no interest in carrying a diversity conversation through to it even though it's very present it's kind of like uh comics or comic-con you go to comic-con and it's heavily diverse and talking about the ones where people dress up and all that it has everybody but if you look at who's designing you know the comics and works there from marvel to dc comics and marvel's probably better because we work with them not as diverse so it's kind of like the storyboards are largely driven by a demographic that is serving all the demographics but what they're not doing is representing who they're serving and other industries have done a better job of spotlighting the consumer that's driving the revenue instead of focusing on the stars who control the conversation about what's being produced what's being manufactured so i mean look grand theft auto was one of the top games i mean some of you say yeah it's kind of it's kind of gangsterish I, I i get it and those types of films have been popular but the game that game is very ethnic in its characterization of who's in the game but the biggest game that showcases ethnic players of the last decade and rock at that point rockstar games was as as dominant as microsoft in its in its legendary status um but look it was it was actually that game um so again when you start to look at it, it it's you know, maybe if there were other games that were more PC, more family-oriented, where there was diversity portrayed, there'd be a different image. But when the juggernaut game is that game, and then it's football and basketball, you can understand where things, it, it's the typical stereotypes. You're represented as a baller, you're represented as a, as a gangster and a thug. And then that's very much it. And I think that just kind of carried as part of it and things never switched. And I think women put more pressure on the gaming sector to get diverse and let women in and showcase women. And look, I think everyone's trying to do that at this point because I've been on plenty of panels and people are like, you can please bring a woman. Like we need more female representation, which I've always done. Um, but I, I think gaming hasn't done its justice of saying we need to pull in uh, you know, communities of color as part of the conversation to really make the mainstream prowess of it stick. I mean, it's, look, it's hard to challenge film if you're still very white male dominated when film has become so diverse, in particular in a post-COVID, more black leads, more Asian films, more Latino films brought out of the archives. If you wanna knock film off the chopping block, then you're going to have to bring diversity to the fore in the same manner. Otherwise, the film people and the brands who like films, like, we'll just stick with films because you all got problems. You got to go fix that. We don't understand it anyways. I don't even game at night when I go home. My kids do. <laughs> I'll stick in the film industry because us check writers, aka boomers, we built the film business.